Hello. And welcome to two, one. Love good afternoon, good, well, good evening, welcome people to episode four six six of uh, Film Busters. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by. We're not retaking. Go go go, Ian Loring. Hi. <laughs> um, Becky's not here yet, but she will be here. Um, later on when she's back home from work and so yeah so there's that what have we got this week well do you know what do you know what we've not got <laughs> we've not got black adam ian how did it feel this week not going to see black adam it felt fucking freeing is what it felt like it did feel um, weirdly quite nice didn't it <laughs> even though we do have a review of it from noel which i if i remember I will put in around here. If I don't, I'll put it in at some other juncture in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we, we didn't do Black Adam. Um, partially just because I think we said on last week's show, but I'm going to reiterate it again. Uh, we didn't want to. What's <laughs> the simple thing of it? We just, we'll both see it at some point, I'm sure, but just couldn't be bothered to kind of make the effort this weekend if if there was nothing else out fine we'll we'll talk about it but thankfully we had a couple other films even though one of them not the film we said we were going to cover yes so yeah so we've got bunches of it in a shirin and pearl what was it we said we were going to cover Decision to leave, which is we did, yes, yes. Um, is that is that actually playing anywhere around you? Is that is it playing that um, indie by you? Let me have a little fucking looky. Let's see if it is. And just while Mark's doing that, so it, it got a release in the UK last weekend, but it is expanding this weekend. Um, it's playing a, a couple of different other places in Cardiff other than the Everyman, which would have cost me 15 quid. So I can go to Chapter and spend £6. Good old Chapter. Or I can go to Cineworld and just do it on my Unlimited. But Cineworld are only doing one showing a day at 8 o'clock at night. Mm. It's, playing, it's playing York, so I might get to see it in York. If not, I, I might just uh, watch it uh, on VOD. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Um, but yes, and Pearl, yes, which uh, video on demand in the US this week as well, has no theatrical date in the UK as of yet, I believe. It, it doesn't, no. It, it's very, it, it's odd, uh, really, uh, that that it hasn't, after it, it got quite, you know, after X was released quite wide, um, and Pearl... Um, has, has had some good word um you know it was it actually premiered at venice i believe um yep. even though then again so did halloween kills to be fair so to be fair yeah that is a good point um but yeah it, it's had some it's had some good word um and you'll get our word on it later um in the show mm-hmm. um please listen to some of our friends podcasts um uh, from our fellow pod syndicate friends uh, including the rewatch project his film her movie entertainment Iron Phil, iron sequel and chin stroker versus punter i am probably missing off a couple there but go listen to some of those obviously after you've after you've listened to us uh that is there also as well um we are 
will be by the end of this uh, recording will be three films into our um guy Ritchie marathon uh lock stock and three smoking bastards uh where we will be reviewing swept away a a first watch for ian becky and yes of course i have seen <laughs> swept away before i am one of the handful uh of people in this country that saw it at the cinema um so yeah yeah that was actually my third watch of swept away actually um so yeah you can hear our, <laughs> our thoughts from that free <laughs> yeah. so the cinema Whoa. i have it on dvd and i know i watched it on dvd uh once and um yeah and that that time there uh, yes yeah, so i've seen it three times <laughs> which which I, I reckon I reckon I'm the only person in the world that's seen that film three times. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ian, before we do news, mm. right? Because usually I go at this point and go, Ian, what, what's been happening in the movie news? I'm going to do something. I've got a knife, and my cat is looking at it rather baffled. Um, I have in front of me a box. Um, a brown oh box. fuck! That says right. Rambo slipcase on it. It says Rambo slipcase on the box. On the on the on the box, yes. Um, so I haven't opened this yet. <laughs> Hang on, uh, what on the on the delivery box? It just says Rambo slipcase on it. Oh, there's a box inside the delivery box. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and it says Rambo slipcase uh, on a right. Lipstick, uh, right. On it. So yeah, so. Essentially, Ian, Ian gifted me uh, the Rambo 4K um, a, a number of months ago, and it's it's been delayed and delayed and delayed, but it's finally been released, and it arrived today. Um, and it, <laughs> it, it, it's like a collector's edition one, not like the standard 4K disc. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to do, do an audio unboxing, which I know yeah, is, yeah. is not the way that you do these things, but fuck it. No, fuck it. We do not do go. things normal. What I will say is, um, it, 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 it's quite funny. When the courier brought it to our house and knocked on the door, I was in the process of um, cleaning our bathroom. Yeah. And so I, I was using bleach, so I had uh, disposable gloves on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I had disposable gloves on. I stank of bleach. I was wearing a T-shirt that I wear when I uh, am doing these kind of things and a pair of like uh, cargo shorts that I wear when I'm doing these kind of things. So if I get bleach on myself, it doesn't matter. But the t-shirt is my old painting t-shirt and it has little bits of red on it. <laughs> so when I answer the door, Solid. I, I, yeah, I had disposable gloves on, <laughs> a, um, a mask hanging over one ear because I don't like the smell of bleach getting, it, it can, when you're doing it a lot, uh, it can kind of collapse the back of your throat. So I'd had a mask on uh, and a T-shirt that had what could have looked like blood on it. <laughs> and I opened the door and a woman went, uh, this is for you. I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and I knew what it was. And so she asked me what my name was <laughs> for, obviously, for the, the signing thing, because she noticed I had gloves on and couldn't sign for it. Things, just, yeah. oh, can I just take your name but my brain was already going ooh this is Rambo <laughs> so I just went Rambo <laughs> <And then laughs> good. Close the door. good I just went 
Did I just say Rambo? <laughs> Good. So yeah. So yeah. Well done. Right. Let's Good. let's open this motherfucker up. I have a big knife. <laughs> it's way too big to open this. And it's a it's it's actually genuinely a hunting knife. <laughs> Sweet. Because why not? Oh. Right, it comes in a very packaging things nowadays. Ah, shit going on there, isn't it? It's very well wrapped up in something that, that looks like something that Rambo might wear. A lot of people complain about, like, shit getting damaged in post and, like, slip covers being a little bit ripped and stuff, so I'm not surprised it's hardcore packaged. There is no fucking way that shit was going to get fucking damaged. My God, this is a pretty looking set. <laughs> yeah? Oh, great. My God, it is. It's like embossed. I will. I, I'm going to put some images up on the uh, the Film Bastards uh, on the Twitter site. Yes, yeah, Film Bastards Twitter. So what what comes with it? So I'm just going to open it now. I'm going to do it very very carefully by just creating a little nick and then peeling it open. But it's a very good looking. Yeah, it's like a. It's done like. Not quite photo real. The cover, so it's embossed and a little bit shiny, but also a little bit matte. But mm. it's kind of like it's almost like a weird kind of like rotoscopy aesthetic to it. Mm. That's pretty fucking cool. Ah, and there's like a slipcase on the back. It's got a card on it, stuck to it, like a credit card size thing. That Wait. is the special edition number. Ooh. Which, of course, is obviously going to go in my wallet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next to, next to my Adventures in VHS rental card. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's my number is 1,530 of 2,000. Uh, obviously, I'm going to try and get in the box because he's a cat. Da, 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 da. All right, let's get it out. So... The steelbook is again a different cover and it's packaged again. Same kind of aesthetic. That is a very nice looking steelbook. And then you've got the ooh, the little slip pull out bit. Uh, we have oh, we have a dog tag. Hell yeah! <laughs> can I can I say something really sad now? Mm-hmm. I actually already have John Rambo dog tags. Nice. You <laughs> got I have another set. I have another set here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right, well, I'm going to check the numbers on mine and cop reference them against this. It's a <laughs> sheriff's department patch, <laughs> <laughs> which is definitely going to fucking go on my <laughs> on my jacket. So yeah, you've got some. What else have we got? Yeah, we've got a little a little booklet. A little photo booklet. Nice. Uh, and I'm guessing our postcards. Postcards, which are all matte. Ooh, and they've got the character postcards. They've got quotes on the back. The John Rambo's is, I could have killed them all. I could have killed you. And in town, you're the law. Out here, it's me. 
I won't do uh, all of them, but yeah, what's 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 Troutman's? I'm gonna. Oh, here we go. Yeah, of course it is. Troutman's is you don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare, with a man who's with the best with guns, with knives, with his bare hands, a man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things that will make a billy goat puke. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh man, these are great. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> First Blood, man. What a fucking film. I know we only talked about it a few months back, but seriously, what a film. Yeah, it is. It's it's mad how it's kind of like, it it seems to be everyone's kind of gone, do you know what? It's about time we started admitting that First Blood might be an absolute banger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a Stone Cold five star, is First Blood. Like, what? Yeah, what a film. put those back on there so I can put them away afterwards because it's an envelope that's quite tight so <laughs> it might take some doing. Uh, a little mini poster. Nice. There's the original first blood poster. More postcards. Oh yeah. Oh wow. The, postca- the, the more postcards are actually a quiz game. <laughs> what? Quiz game. They've got questions on the back of them. <laughs> and then there's, okay. more, there's a a little standy, a little Rambo standy. <laughs> Where's that going? Uh, probably somewhere way too prominent. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you very much for that, Ian. That is awesome. <laughs> You are most welcome, um, and thank you, patrons, because that was uh, that was uh, a part paid for with uh, patron money, and you've made well, Mark you very happy. So good job, patrons. You have, and obviously, with it being the I've watched it on 4K on a digital, but I've never watched it 4K on the disc, and they do make a difference, don't they? Yep, that grain's going to bang. Yep, so I will watch it this week, obviously. Uh, and then we'll report back next week with how sort of different it is in comparison to the the 4K. I might do some comparisons. How different it is to the 4K on uh, iTunes. I love that shit. Nice. Yeah, I'll add that to the collection of uh, Rambo steelbooks that I've got because I think I've got about four now. Fucking a! Oh, I'm glad I'm glad that got to you safe at last, and um, I'm glad it's good. Cool, cool, right. Box that away, put the box away so the cat doesn't jump in it, or attempt to jump in it, and then get stuck. Right, it wasn't happening in movie news this week. Well, go. I'll go a little quick. I think. Um, so, uh, Tobin Bell is coming back for Saw Ten. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, fucking brilliant. Good on Tobin Bell. I saw someone tweet saying that the best job security you can have is playing a horror movie villain. And it's like, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I yeah, sure. <laughs> um, is there any word on who's direct? Oh, so that guy you directed, I think, five and six, I think, or six and seven. 
He definitely directed six, but Kevin Grutert, he's he's directing it. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see what happens because I mean, by the time this comes out, Saw will be about twenty years old. Um, yeah, just wild. Uh, who, who the fuck knows? Um, Henry Cavill's back as Superman. Uh, good for him. I hope he's getting a payday. Um, it's just that that is kind of mad that Henry Cavill's coming back because it did just kind of feel like, right, that ship had sailed. Um, if he's coming back just to fight Black Adam, I think I'm less interested. I want a Man of Steel too. I, I can't see. I don't think Cavill needs the money. <laughs> Um, I don't think he can be bothered <laughs> with the hassle unless it's something that he kind of wants to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, he he seems like, but then, but then again, you know, he is the guy who's in Enola Holmes too. So <laughs> also true. Um, Conjuring Four is a go. Um. It does seem like, like literally, if if you want to make a horror movie at the moment, or have had a horror idea, or had a horror pitch, sort of ruminating, now would be the time to give people a nudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, I don't know. It just kind of feels like things are going, you know, um, and it, you know, obviously they are, but. It kind of feels like the the industry is just fully, fully, fully back on it. Um, you know, Black Adam opened to over 60 million in the US. I mean, it, it, it did better than some of the projections were saying, which good good for Black Adam. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know. Some, there was some fucking, there was some actual fucking like, twisting around to try and make things more positive there wasn't that it's the second largest opening of a dc film that doesn't contain batman superman <laughs> blah blah blah, that, blah. It's like that was really? yeah that that was a pretty desperate you know look look it's the biggest opening of the rock solo leading a film that's you know that that is relatively impressive um yeah you know, so fair play. And, it, you know, I mean, the guy hustles. I mean, you, you, I, I, even though I don't like the way he goes about it, he obviously puts a shift in when he's try, when he's promoting his films. And, you know, f- fair play. You pay The Rock what you're paying The Rock. It's good that he's at, he's doing that. Um, it would be nice if he stopped tweeting journalists saying, thanks for the interview. Next time tequila's on me. Um, I, I hope they hold him to that as well. Like, the thing is, it won't surprise you if he literally did turn up with cases of the shit to give to people. Yeah, yeah, quite. I, I don't know. It, it, there is a part of me that's just like, all right, you, you're saying all this with like the interviews and whatnot. Oh yeah, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your time. Good to speak to you. Blah blah blah. And then as soon as the film comes out to negative reviews, he's like, oh, it's all about the fans anyway. You know, it's just a bit like, mate, you can't actually have it both ways even though there is a part of me that also says well a lot of the time a lot of the press are made up of a lot of people who are just fans um 
but also also some who, who aren't. So uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, good good on the industry that they've got a film in October that's um, hitting like that. Um, Smile um, has made nearly two hundred million worldwide. Um, Absolutely, it 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 it. it was higher than Halloween ends at the US box office this last weekend. Halloween ends dropped, I, I want to say like 80% week on week, um, which is brutal. Um, I mean, it is on Peacock in the US, but the fact that Smile in, I think it's fourth or fifth week did more, fourth week did more is something um and yeah yeah you know just it, it also i mean i will say we're going to talk about it later on but banshee's vinishering did uh, uh, uh over a million in in the uk this weekend which is which is a fantastic opening um yes and uh, you know it, it's uh, i think it played four screens in the us and made like forty five thousand dollar per average like it did re- it did well um and Tar Tar's done well in the in the US, like in the speciality box office as well. It just it feels like people are going back. Yeah. And that that continuing road to recovery is great. Wakanda Forever's tracking for over 175 million. I could see it doing over 200 when all said and uh, at that weekend when it comes out. But at the same time, there are film there there are definitely films coming out in the UK the week beforehand and the week after. You know, it's um, it, it feels like the the industry is vibrant enough again. And e- even if they're not big films, like the week after Wakanda Forever, it's the menu. I'm looking forward to the menu. Yeah, I think a lot same. of people are looking forward to the menu. You know, and um, it, so yeah, it just it it, it it there is that space there. So you know, uh, anyway, uh, well done everyone. <laughs> um. And it was weird seeing, I saw the trailer for Glass Onion in front of Banshee's Vinishirin. And yeah, it was just odd. Well. It's, like, it's a Netflix film and it's being trailered in Cineworld. Just it's a wild, you know, wild time. Uh, it is, yeah. It, it was like that a little bit with uh, The Green Man when that came out. Yeah. But, you know, it was weird seeing this like, and then seeing the Netflix logo crop up in a cinema. Yeah, even though I um I will I, I will say though, it was interesting. I I don't want to neg on Cineworld too hard, but their fucking projection standards, I swear to God, like it was the first time I'd been to the Cineworld for a while because Odeon's kind of like my main at the at the moment, and it was just I saw Glass Onion in Dolby Cinema. So I saw it in the best way you will see that film unless you unless they strike a print of it. So yeah, there is that. But it just watching the trailer on a Cineworld 2K screen just looked emphatically shitter. I mean, it was stunning how much shitter it looked. It, Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, yeah, look, and and also, Dolby, can you tweet me back, please? I tweeted, I tweeted Dolby last week saying I wanted to talk to someone because I wanted to write up something or record something about Dolby Cinema, and they Did tweeted you, saying, oh, go on. Because they've changed their handle, haven't they? 
Well, th- this is the thing. So I tweeted like at Dolby Cinema, I think it was. Then at Dolby responded going, oh, hi, what can we do for you? And then I responded to them saying, yeah, I was just wondering if there's anyone I could talk to who's maybe looking to setting up something. No response. Oh. I want to give them, you know, obviously it's not going to be going to like thousands of people. I know that. But I just want 20 minutes of someone's time to talk to them about Dolby Cinema and allow them to fucking promote it. Because I just really, really, really like Dolby Cinema. Straight up, Halloween Ends looked fucking awesome. Smile looked great. The most extra way to watch a film that is destined was destined for Paramount Plus. And Knives Out looked Inc- uh, sorry glass onion looked incredible on that screen it looked awesome and no fucker gets back to me so anyway ran over but yeah just it it really really just paid to mind how good an experience that was watching it in that way and i think there are like one or two screens in the country that can do that at the moment but i'll tell you what I'll take Dolby Cinema over IMAX. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What 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 stands it out above above it's, IMAX? It's the fucking it's the sheer vibrancy of the picture. Mm. So it's a set it's essentially like the most premium Dolby vision you could get. And it just the the contrast level it rules it rules and these projectors at Cineworld fair play they're like a decade old and their super screen is dual 4k projection so I, I I bet watching Glass Onion in a super screen environment is is cracking I um I, for some reason I was really taken with sorry such a fucking rabbit hole um, I was really taken specifically, and I don't know why, but Us, the Jordan Peele film, when I saw that in, in the super screen in, in Cineworld Cardiff, it looked amazing. And I don't know what it was about it, but and I, I, I don't know. It's like if projection standards are decent, even if you even if you're not necessarily a 4K screen, stuff still looks great. Like she said, it's a very flatly shot film, but that looked bloody brilliant in the in the Royal Festival Hall. It looked really, really good, really good picture. And then I just like I, I watched this picture at Cineworld where it kind of looked like the bulb was like starting to crap out, and it was just the uh, the Odeon in Cardiff has a much higher quality control standard i swear to god they don't seem to let their bulbs go to the level that cineworld do and i get it because those bulbs do do cost a lot of money but man oh man and uh, you know and obviously this is film fucking twerp talking but my god am i noticing the quality of projection standards and it's just that, that dolby cinema in the odeon west end i cannot stress enough how good an experience watching a film in that is like there you go Dolby you got free publicity even if you won't fucking tweet me back <laughs> nice uh right what trailers are we watching this weekend um glass well, glass onion I um I, I, I will just say that trailer is very yeah 
it's really giving you such the fucking surface of that film. I can't wait for more people to see that fucking film, man. Like, I think it, it opens in a few weeks, and that's going to be such fun to talk about. Uh, looking forward to watching it again. Um, but, yeah, okay, so, uh, I mean, that, that one's a big one. Um, I haven't seen Jesus Revolution, but now I want to. Uh, bloody hell. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I did scroll past that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you know what? I think the only one that I've actually got this week, if 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 Rotten Tomatoes trailers is not doing me dirty, is um, uh, before the big one. At least I think the big one, a man called Otto. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is that though, isn't it? It's just like, ugh. Yeah. All right, let's watch Tom Hanks learn to like people for a couple of hours. Sure. Yeah, it, it's just. It's a little bit like, just how much does Chet's lifestyle cost you, Tom? How much? It's mm. this. You put any other actor in this movie and no one gives a shit. And I don't even think people give a shit about Tom Hanks being in it. It's such an odd place that he's found himself at the moment. Yeah. Um, Hanks. Uh, it's it's really quite strange. It, it is a little bit kind of like you get often this this thing where, and I'm not saying that that this is wrong, but you often get when it comes out Hollywood where it says there are no roles for women of a certain age in Hollywood, and it's a little bit like okay, you know that there's loads of roles for for guys in Hollywood, but then you look at it and go, but is there? Because Tom Hanks, who is, you know, one of the, you know, the biggest movie stars or presences ever, I think it would be fair to say. And he's doing a film which might even be just a straight to VOD. I think it literally comes out in cinemas for like a week and then he's out on VOD. Called A Man Called Otto. Where, like you say, he just learns to like people and to be a nice guy but there'll be some reason why he wasn't nice yeah just seems a little bit really that looks like it's got nothing it is it it, it is a Richard and Judy book club of a movie (laughs) yeah 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 all right yeah just no I also watched uh, the people we hear at wedding at the wedding. Oh, what's that? Uh, it, it stars Alison Janney, Ben Platt. Was Ben Platt the the oh, really he, old he, kid from? Yeah, he was dear Evan, Evan Hansen. Yeah, he he manages to weirdly look younger <laughs> in this. Than he does, he does. Dear Evan Hansen. Good. Yeah. Um, and Kristen Bell um, looks. Looks a bit crap, <laughs> but I will watch it. So it seems like that the Kristen Bell and um, Ben Platt get invited to their half sister's wedding, um, and her half sister still lives in London, but they're American, so they're the kind of you know the Americans going to a posh British wedding, and it feels a little bit like. Oh, okay. More of uh, 
every American thinks that the entire population of Britain lives in London <laughs> and are all wealthy. Yeah, I mean, you're not. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my invite. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, and then what is the yes, and then we've got the the the, the, the biggie of the week. So um Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I'll watch it in mid February. Why not? The the thing is I was fucking I was bouncing around in this trailer going, do you know what? This looks like a good family adventure film along the lines of things like Journey to the Centre of the Earth and, you know, dare I say it, the kind of, even like, um, oh, fucking hell, Temple of Doom and things like that, where it's just going to be essentially a a family, because that's kind of what they are in a weird way, a family get trapped somewhere and have to kind of get the fuck out. What? And I... What? No, 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 nothing. And that, that's kind of what it feels like. But then also I'm watching it going, but it's just so fucking ugly. And it's just... Even when they're in a place that could be a physical thing you can touch, it still looks rendered. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I can't be bothered with it a little bit. I'm gonna watch it. I think it look it looks fun at least, but it's just it just feels all a little bit pointless at the moment. <laughs> the whole MCU thing. It's like Jonathan Major just turns up, and I'm like, oh, Jonathan Major, yeah, he's blah in this. But then I'm thinking, but then I also know in the back of my brain, hasn't he appeared in one of the TV series as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was also Blar in uh, Loki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, and by, by the time this film comes out, it would be over a year and a half since the Loki show actually came out. So they set his character up the best part of two years ago before you see him again. And I mean, you know, COVID had some sort of an effect, but it's still kind of wild. Yeah, it just... It looks fun, but it also looks a little bit removed from everything that's going on. Like, the only character we're probably going to see from this movie, again, in all likelihood, is going to be John Majors. But... But then... I don't think anything's going to happen to any of these characters either. It's just, it's this odd little corner of the MCU where it's like, yes, I would like to see Paul Rudd, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas in a kind of action adventure caper thing. Evangeline Lilly, uh, if we have to. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and then Catherine Newton's coming in as well, which is they're going to be building her up for something. Like, does Evangeline Lily fucking go back to her home planet and she and Cassie becomes the new wasp or something like that? Like, there's going to be something in there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, let's 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 see what happens. Like I say, it's like this is a mid-February release, a big, stupid blockbuster mid-February. I'll take it. You know, like I think you, I think Marvel are smart not going. This is our big May release or big July release. Because like, what what have they actually got next year apart from Ant Man? Then so they've got what the Marvels. Think. And then yeah, they Marvel. did have they oh, it, did have it's, it's Guardians first, isn't it? Is it Guardians is next year? Guardians, yeah, volume three is next year. So it's what so Guardians Volume Three and the Marvels and this. Guardians Volume Three is slated for May the fifth. Right. And the Marvels is slated for July twenty eighth. Right, okay. And then Blade was gonna be November, but then they pushed it back. Yes. Right. Okay. And so there's nothing in November now, I think. No, we're down to Captain America uh, New World Order uh, is the next one after that, and that is uh, scheduled for sometime 2024. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think we mentioned Harrison Ford replacing William Hurt. Um, that's gonna be one of the most. Yeah. That is going to be one of the most paycheck, going to paycheck uh, things ever. And I cannot wait for the publicity tour. <laughs> He's going to be into it. <laughs> that year, I, did, I didn't know that that, that was a thing. <laughs> quite o- honestly, honestly, Harrison Ford having to put up with MCU questions is going to be everything to me. I, the thing is, how many of these films have Harrison Ford seen? Because he does like movies. He's one of those actors that does actually like movies. And I could see him actually quite being into the MCU things from a pure entertainment purpose. So it would be quite funny if you just really quite like them. <laughs> I mean, that, that probably would... The thing is, whoever wins we win with that because yeah. either yeah. you get harrison ford is going to be pumped or he is going to be so fucking surly that you're just gonna it's gonna be like the uh the ralph wiggum valentine's thing like in you could see the exact moment his heart like broke <laughs> yeah. like but it's with like critics asking him questions like oh i can't wait and it's just gonna go i don't know ask one of these other people <laughs> I just, yeah, or like, why would you ask me that? And then just stare at them. <laughs> yeah. It literally is. It's, you can imagine him saying, Callister, the last thing being this MCU thing, what are you going to do? Going to buy another plane and say yes. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you just want him to come up with an answer like Michael Caine about Jaws 4. It's like, I haven't <laughs> seen the film, but I have seen the house it bought, and it's very nice. <laughs> Fuck it, fair enough. Go for it. You know, it's it, Michael Caine had to skip the Oscars where he won an Oscar for Hannah and her sisters because he was filming Jaws 4. <laughs> yep. He deserves that fucking house. Fair play. Yep. Fair play. Um <laughs> right, that that's that's trailers. Um, 
We're going to hold off on Pearl uh, because I know uh, Bex will probably want to talk about that more than she will Banshees. Uh, she did enjoy Banshees, I will say that. But yeah, well, we're going to chat we, some Banshees. I mean, do we do we want to try and slightly delay things, do a bit of what we've been watching? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, we can talk Banshees we'll, if you want. It's just, yeah. We'll do Banshees. We'll do Banshees. All right, okay. I know she likes it, but... Mm-hmm. Then we'll, 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 we'll try and hold off on Pearl. She needs to hear me talk uh, about Lyle Lyle Crocodile, so I understand. Yes, we all. Well, I, I, I nearly went to see that the other day as well. But I just couldn't make the times work. Fucking should have. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, right, so The Banshees of Inner Sheeran uh, is uh, written and directed by Martin McDonough uh, and stars Colin Farrell, um, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condor, and Barry Keehan. And it is, what does IMDb say? Say, Two... say, her, say her name again. Kerry Condo. Okay, sorry. I thought you said Kerry Condo. <laughs> no, Kerry Condon. Right. <laughs> Not quite that bad yet. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Two lifelong friends find themselves at impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. That kind of literally is what it's kind yeah. of on the yeah. very surface um, about. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I think also as well to set um, more of the tone for if you haven't seen it, and we are all spoilers all the time, guys. Uh, it, it's set in 1923. Um and that is in the middle of the Irish Civil War. Yep. Uh, Ian, Banshees of Inishirim. Yeah, so um, it's interesting because I've, I've, definitely, I've, I've definitely got a sense of what you thought, thought about it and um, what a lot of people thought about it. And it, it's... Um, it's interesting. I, I really, 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 really liked it. I really, really liked it. But for me, I was kind of taken aback by by how the the the, the third act just goes. Everything's shit. Like everything is going to end in just the worst way possible. And I get it. Like for me, my reading of this film is about how masculinity in all its forms is shit because you're either a good guy who's going to go through uh, like a nice guy who's going to go through uh life like being nice to people and then you're going to die doing nothing or you're going to be someone who tries to do shit and ends up as a prick or you're going to be a dumbass who's going to drown those are your three paths in life at least that they are on inner shearing and <laughs> um i was taken i was i, I was te- both taken with and taken aback by just how it plays out on just this note of hopelessness yet is also legitimately very, very, very funny at, at, at a lot of points. But then it just, you could hear a pin drop in my screening in that last 20, 25 minutes, I'll tell you what. And and people, not just me, were laughing before. Um, mm. Colin Farrell, brilliant, br- brilliant. Um, 
him versus what we're all hearing about Brendan Fraser in The Whale feels like it's going to be a hell of a fight for best actor. Um, I thought, but I thought he was wonderful. And the whole like the whole career thing for both, both of those guys as well is very compelling. Gleason, what, what I would say there is I guarantee you if you asked Colin Farrell, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be between you and Brendan Fraser. He'd go, please give it to Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Because I think the just the level of good feeling towards that guy in Hollywood, how how dirty he's been done by everything, and how much it clearly has affected him, uh, it is just I think is is quite a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's having a, it's just he's having a great year. Good, yeah, just yeah, Colin Farrell. I stand. Um, yeah. And then Brendan Gleeson, I think, is just, like, great support as well. Like, really good supporting actor stuff. I was kind of... I kind of thought this was going to be a co-lead, and I, I, I thought it was interesting how he, like... He isn't the focus, even though the plot is very much about him. I, I that, that was interesting. I thought... But I thought Kerry Condon was also doing some terrific quiet work as well. Yeah. Um, she's, she's, she's very good in this. Yeah, yeah. There's not a bad performance in the entire thing. No, no. I mean, I could, sorry. Yeah, I could go through every single one. But yeah, no. I, look, I, uh, I thought it looked good despite the cinema world projection. Um, I, um, it, yeah, well acted, re- like funny, just fucking bleak. You thought it was a laugh riot from start to finish, though, didn't you? I, I did think it was funny, uh, pretty much all the way through. In, in a deeply deeply black comedy uh where um i was i was very much very very much enjoying it and then there was a moment where something clicked for me and i went i i know oh now i get it right <laughs> fucking a yes girl um and then it was more solidified by that that ending as well um and it just because the thing is, uh, Martin McDonough is very good at doing this, creating this atmosphere um, that there's something going on. And so all the way through it, you're waiting for, right, what has he fucking done? So you're looking around for the things that he might have fucking done that has caused... Um, Gleason to, to to no longer like him, uh, and so, I, that, that's really right. What that? So has he done something? Right, he's not got. What, where is it? What has he done to it? What can he do to him on his island? And that is entirely intentional from uh, Martin McDonough. He, he he is getting you to do that. He's getting you to look for these things, which then creates this 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 mystery. And the thing is. Going into Banishes of Inishirin, you know, it, it, it looks like quite a bleak movie. It's all set on an island where, again, I love the fact that they keep saying to you, it, and this is, again is intentional, that it's a really nice day and it just looks fucking miserable all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they make a point of people being outside in it all the time and not being cold or anything like that. 
oh, it's a nice day, isn't it? But it, it never gets sunny. <laughs> and I, I loved that about it. Uh, but you're constantly going, right, what, what the fuck has gone on? And it, then it just drops in just these little moments of just a few times of... There's a few little jabs, and then there's a couple of absolute, like, punches. Um, so the first, I think, wheel punch, all spoilers all the time, guys, uh, that it has, is when um, Colin Farrell's drunk uh, and, and mm. having fucking, and he's chewing um, Gleason out. And at that moment mentions the fact that um, his friend, you know, he's going to sit there with the... Uh, police officer and he starts chewing him out and basically announces to everybody uh, in, in a shearing because they're all in the pub that he fiddles with his kid yeah and it's such a oh fuck that came out of fucking nowhere and then he's basically not a lot kind of happens around it after that except you know there's a strong hint towards at the end he didn't just fall in the lake, did he? Um, it's yeah, but then once I realised right, so this is like I said, there's a lot going on with in terms of uh, you know the fact that he keeps going to see the priest and he asks him about his despair and the fact that they mention are you a bit depressed you know the Colin Farrell one where he's saying can I just do like the rest of us and just like shove it down and hide it was <laughs> um, was was quite was was just funny uh, in that sense but the the whole parable for you know for Ireland and uh, the Irish Civil War and the continuing um, I don't know what the hate is in this phrase, but the continue what is referred to in in this country uh, as the troubles, mm. um, being that there where it's just two sides that just no longer decided they liked each other and are essentially at this constant war with each other for no real fucking reason, but are going to essentially cut off their own limbs to spite themselves and he's going to burn the other one's fucking house down to spite whoever it is that is it's such a fucking hell you're you it's a smart fucking way to write things so mark you just and i feel like such a dumb dumb i feel like such a dumb dumb but you just put a kind of a missing piece of the puzzle together there for me. So thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'll put this back up to a five out of five on Letterboxd. Yeah, OK. I had it I, I had it as a five. Then I took it down to a 4.5 because I was like, something doesn't quite. And it's that. It, 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 it is that. It is, and like, it's, yeah. Sorry. It's, it's, it's so clever. It's so, yeah, it so clever. Um, but the entire film club, Barry Keogh doing some great work in this. Um, I'll tell you what, right. And him, his last scene where he's talking to the sister, Siobhan, mm. and it's just on him processing what she's saying. Yeah. And he's just taking time. To, you just, like, the, the, the when she's kind of, like, rejecting him, and he's, like, 
he's checking it really well. Yeah, and he's just processing it, and it's just like he understands. Yeah, he gets it. And it's he, he, he is he, he's very much like he, he's almost asking the question, and he even says, you know, you gotta, you know, you've gotta shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's a wonderful scene that because she's really nice about it. Yeah, she's, she's clearly, really sweet. She doesn't like. He, no, she doesn't dislike him, but she just doesn't. She doesn't like the place, and he's part of the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, because he's being quite sweet, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to hurt him. But he again. But he's not. He's just going. I'm going to ask this, but I kind of know the answer. But I'm just going to ask. And then when she says, he's like, "Yeah, I thought, yeah, I agree with you." And then he just kind of walks off. Then you've got the the ending of well, has he thrown himself in the lake? Has his dad thrown him in the lake? Is it, that's yeah, because that's the thing. I didn't quite connect the dots of his dad because he asks, he kind of like apprehends Colin Farrell when he's just like, "Is my son with you? Like, is he staying with you? You tell me." And then like something distracts that. Which made me think that he probably just got pissed, like sitting up on that ledge at some point and just falling in. Yeah, it's. But yeah, it's... you're right though. It could he, it could, it could be the dad. You, I mean, it, it yeah, could yeah, absolutely. be. And that's that's what McDonough is is leaving you off with. It's I mean, the, the the fun thing what McDonough is um, that he's more known for being a playwright than he is a filmmaker, but. He likes making films more because he thinks it's a more honest profession than theatre, which is often the other way around for people. The thing, the thing is, I mean, it, it feels like you you make the film, you release the film, you're done. I, I don't know. It almost feels like with theatre, if you're writing and directing, well, it's more of a long term commitment, isn't it? Well, Mark McDonald's. His thing that he says about the reason why he prefers film over theatre, he said, because he said, the film that I watch, the film that you watch, the film that you're, and this is what he was saying to a guy in an interview, saying, you know, the film that your, your mum will watch, the film someone will watch in five years' time, 10 years' time, hopefully 25, 50 years' time, is the same. So you could go and watch a matinee of a play. And then go and watch it five hours later in the evening, and it will be ever so slightly different. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that is that's what so many people say is the beauty of of theatre. And and he was saying, and people are right to have that opinion, and that is that is perfectly fine. He said, but I don't agree with it. He said because I have been to see plays where people have been crap in it, and I've gone, well that, that was crap, but I was crap in it. But then someone's gone, no, no, when I saw it, it was fantastic. And I don't know if he was fantastic when they saw it and I just caught them at night when they had the shits. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? That, yeah, that it's a fair answer um, to, to, to kind of to, to, to that question there. But it does. I, I went into this going, no matter what, this is going to be, I'm going to be enthralled throughout. Because he writes very engaging movies, yeah. and that—that's what we got here. Um, mm-hmm. the, the little interactions in the pub were fun. Yep. 
where he's like, don't, just, just don't say anything to him. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I just... I, it, yeah, I mean, it, 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 clever is the word, but not like, and look how clever I am in the slightest. It, it, it Yeah, it... I don't know. It's just a really, really good story, really elegantly told. Um, and it just doesn't really, it doesn't put a foot wrong. No, it's, it is. Uh, the thing is, as well, it's, it, it's very much not eat your vegetables. It's really not entertaining <laughs> to watch. But it has that, that Madonna, and I'm going to include his brother in this as well. It has that McDonough-ness to it where it you feel it getting closer and closer on you and it's just it still manages mm. to have elements that make you laugh, but you also despair at what where it's going. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I, a fantastic uh, movie. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the most definite shits we'll have all year. In a in a year with some really really fucking strong definitely not shits, it's been such a fucking good year. Yep, and we've got like two months left of it where there's some yeah. shit coming out. Yeah, there's there's just there's going to be some terrific stuff coming over the next couple of months. Like yeah, just yeah, de- God yeah, definitely not shit, definitely not shit. Well, our audience poll, uh, definitely not shit, ninety four percent. Uh, touching cloth zero percent, shit six percent, uh, oh. and geostorm zero percent. Okay. Fair dues. All right. Um, hey Hannah, you know I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of Shield. I think during you know global pandemics storms all of these things it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million absolutely times, nothing like a binge watch star trek babylon 5 because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries absolutely uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. yeah you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men love you darling you could put off watching daredevil for the 30th time harry potter but really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape Quantum Leap To giving up finding new content on Netflix And just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation Or Parks and Recreation I think that we can all agree There's a lot to be said for that You can't beat a good rewatch So, with that in mind Join Anna And Mike From Chinstroke vs Panzer As we burn through some of our favourite franchises And share our immediate reactions to each instalment In both spoiler and non-spoiler sections To do that, do a search for The Rewatch Project With Hannah and Mike On Apple Podcasts, Spotify Or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. 
CSVP Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? What have you been watching this week, Ian? Uh, oh, what have I been watching? Uh, so I... I, I mentioned it earlier on so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it first uh took lots and her friends to see lyle lyle crocodile over the weekend so um first family film out there like of of any kind of major concern since dc league of super pets it's been it's it's been pretty dry out there um Is for, it? yeah yeah, um, yeah, that had the Lost Explorer, blah blah blah. Oh, yeah, thing but... took his his kids to see, um, but that that's kind of been it. Uh, it's been it's been very dry, and it's which is odd because these films make a lot of bank. In its second weekend, I think this dropped thirteen percent in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that, yeah. it's pretty fucking good. I mean, it's done. <laughs> Yeah, it's done nearly five million over here. You know, it's not 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 not, not to be sniffed at. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I believe it's like an adaptation of a book series. Um, it, it's not one I'm particularly familiar with, but basically um, Javier Bardem plays this like guy who it, it, it kind of seems like his life's ambition is basically to like win Britain's Got Talent or something, basically. Um, but he um, buys a a uh, baby crocodile who can sing because of course um but he's uh invested loads of his money in a kind of like song and dance show and he wants the cro- crocodile to sing it grows up and uh on opening night the crocodile doesn't sing it gets stage fright and he, he basically loses the place but he tells lyle to essentially hide in the attic and yeah so 18 months later uh, Scoot McNary and Constance Wu are parents of a boy whose name I don't know. Um, it was an odd looking name. I remember that, like Fedgley Bubs or something. I don't know. I don't know what his name was. Uh, Mark, look up, look up the, the name of the lad in Lyle Lyle Crocodile and see if it's anything like Fedgley Bubs. Um, Winslow Fegley. Sure. Fedgley Bubs. <laughs> You're not too far off there. I, I mean, Feg, Feg, you know, like, yeah, um, Winslow Fegley. That's a fucking, I mean, that's a journey, journey Smollett, if ever there was one. That's not a real name. Winslow <laughs> Fegley, Journey Smollett. Like, yeah, all right, Winslow Feg. no, no, no. Um, 
so yeah, uh, they they've moved in, and uh, uh, Fegley Bubs finds uh, Lyle, discovers he can sing, and he can only sing. He can't talk. He expresses everything through singing and growling. Forgot to mention that. Um, and basically, they've all got their own problems in ways, and Lyle helps them sort through their problems. Um, and then Javier Bardem's character comes back. An amazing scene where he comes back and then Scoot McNary basically says, huh, there's a clause in the contract that we signed for the house that says that we have to let him stay for up to 15 days in a year. No questions asked. So the way that they justify Javier Bardem staying with them is because there's a clause in the house contract just saying like, yeah, the old owner has to stay with you for two weeks a year. I mean, I respect yep. that sheer level of fuck it screenwriting, I have to say. But it made me laugh out loud. No one else I mean, did. But when Scoot McNary said that, I was like, well done. I mean, that, I'll be honest, that's not far off the plot of uh, one of a recent um, Paulie Shaw, <laughs> Paul Shaw movie. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. Guest House, I believe it was called. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So happy about them comes to stay. He's trying to get Lyle to sing and it, it kind of goes on from there. So uh, this has got songs by the guys who did the songs for The Greatest Showman. So there's some real earworms here. <laughs> um, and uh, Lots was singing one of them, Top of the World, uh, like walking out of the cinema. And then we had to play it for her twice in the car later on that day. Um so those guys are on to something. Um, I will say, though, the song that they've apparently um, going to put forward for best original song at the Oscars for La La Crocodile. The Crocodile is uh, voiced by Sean Mendes, by the way, who I understand is a pop star of some sort. Um, the song that they've nominated for best original song for it or put forward for it is uh, one of the weaker songs in the film. And I, we played it in the car and I was just like, and Don, he's going up against this. And then I put on Hold My Hand. And Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick versus Carried Away from Lyle Lyle Crocodile is like putting a sumo wrestler against an ant. Is it one of those things where they've they've, they've put the wrong one forward? Oh, like oh, they did last oh year with it, it's an encanto. It's an encanto. They need to put top of the world forward. That's the earworm one. Um, it, it, yeah. And which one have they put forward? It's called Carried Away. It's so right. anonymous, but it's like a ballad. Yeah. But so the, yeah. But hold, I mean, hold my hand. It, it, like, and I was just like, Don, do you see? And she was like, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> stop crying, Ian. Because I was tearing up just at the sheer fucking force <laughs> of that song connected to the film. But she was like, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, but look, it is a very, very charming film. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I was caught up in it. Uh, I teared up towards the end at one moment. I won't lie. Uh, that's who I am now. Um, he's a very, very nice crocodile, is Lyle. And he only means the best for everyone. And he just wants a family. That's all that I wants. Um, but CG good, you know, like he, um, it, it's it's fun. It's funny. It doesn't outstay its welcome at all. 
I if they do a, a second one, I'd happily take Lottie to see it. it. I think it's really, really solid family entertainment. Nice. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so, also really solid family entertainment. VHS 99. So, um, this is the latest in the uh, the VHS uh, franchise, which, you know, been a lot of them uh, by this point. So, this is the latest one that's on Shudder. Uh, I missed SVHS, VHS Viral and VHS 94. Apparently, people really like VHS 94. So, I might give that a go pre-Halloween. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, VHS 99. So um, there is, there's no kind of like overarching narrative really through this. There's some kind of like uh, kid fucking about with toy soldiers and things get dark weirdly through a few of them. But then that kind of leads into one of them. And that, that's kind of it. Um, but yeah, I'll go I'll go quickly. So uh, first one is about a girl band who are. Uh, crushed to death in an underground gig i think and then a bunch of uh proto jackass idiots uh like basically go look at the wreckage and then are terrorized by the girl band uh it's not great uh it's it's kind of short uh ends in the most obvious way you'd expect it to end there's just not much to it uh they do do a bit where there's like a full music video where i'm sure like friends of the writer director were probably wanting to put their single in a film or something like well done you, you did it um so next one is uh suicide bid which is uh directed by uh yeah johannes roberts who directed resident evil welcome to raccoon city um and uh suicide bid uh basically a girl who wants to be part of sorority uh is uh basically buried alive um in, in a coffin and shit happens uh it was all right um add add a, the idea of being buried alive is 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 well uh well played out the the sheer fucking terror of it um and there's a vengeance angle to it that i i quite enjoyed as well um again quite short uh Aussie's right Aussie's Dungeons this is directed by a collective called Flying Lotus um who one guy oh shit so it is yeah, I've just looked at Letterboxd yeah okay sorry my uh, apologies yeah uh real name Stephen Ellenson who is a an experimental multi-genre music producer yeah he does um, he, he does like pretty decent stuff actually <laughs> like it's like avant-garde like hip-hop stuff electronic and like jazz stuff bits like right that. that's fucking in interesting fair play um yeah this was one of the stronger ones uh actually um so <laughs> kind of interesting, quite long as well so it it starts off as like just like a recording of like an episode of almost like something like pat sharp's funhouse <laughs> but, but it's themed it's called Aussie's dungeon and it's like these kind of like challenge like challenges set in this dungeon thing where if you win then you are granted your 
favourite wish. It kind of bothered me where they keep on saying you'll get your favourite wish. Uh, favourite wish. That doesn't sound right to me. It's like you, the the wish you most dreamed for, you most dreamt for. Favourite is like, OK, you've got a number of wishes. This is your favourite. Kept on saying it bothered me every time. Um, but yeah, so and it, it but things go wrong. Uh, and then it kind of goes from there. I won't spoil it because for anybody who's interested in this, it goes to some places, wraps up a little fast. Um, had a moment in there where it was like, right, are we just laughing at the fat woman? Really, are we doing that? But it kind of it, it did back away from that um, uh, enough. Um, so, yeah, I, that one was interesting. Uh, then the Gawkers, which is um, basically like if if somebody was doing like a bit in American Pie, but it ended in horror. Um, I, it wasn't great. Seems to be very tut tutting, looking at hot woman taking her clothes off, but also very much wants to look at hot woman taking her clothes off um and it, it it's also there's the, the horror in it is quite short compared to the amount of other stuff in it wasn't a massive fan and then it ends with to helen back which is written and directed by uh the deadstream people that i talked about last week uh for me edges aussie's dungeon is the strongest section um it is it, it's, it's it's quite fun actually it's, it basically starts off as like documentary of uh, these guys chronicling a uh, an attempt by like a coven to um or like satan worshippers to like uh have a, a demon uh possess uh a, a someone um but then they accidentally get transported into the demon's world and then it's like 15, 20 minutes of just like these guys running around a hellscape and trying to work out what the fuck to do. And then the girl from Deadstream is in it as like this manic pixie demon girl. Um, and it, it was it had a fun vibe to it. It was fun. And the ending, I really like the way it ended as well, actually. It was a good kind of ironic ending. Um so yeah, definitely a mixed bag. Overall, I rated it 2.5 out of 5. But if you just like your horror shorts, yeah, you might you might well get a kick out of this. And there's a couple of them that I genuinely thought were all right. So that's BHS 99. Just looking at this, the Flying Lotus guy. He directed a, a, a comedy anthology a couple of years ago. Um, that, that sounds interesting. Events unfold after a devastating earthquake in Los Angeles, and it's a series of like vignette comedy anthology. But he That's also directed, Cuso. yeah, uh, yes, he also did some music video called uh, "Fire Is Coming." This is the story. This is what it says. The IMDb synopsis for it is: David Lynch tells a story from inside a dog's head to some costumed children. Great. <laughs> He's it's interesting and that section does not take itself seriously in the slot it, it, yeah i mean he's the dude's got an eye and like a flair for the surreal it's on like honestly like if you're going to watch one section 
in terms of sheer that's interesting Aussie's Dungeon is the one the one that's the most fun for me is to Helen back the Deadstream one but yeah um so there you go the HS99 watched it at like seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday waiting for a washer dryer to be delivered so you know it was occupied the time well that Kusa's on shudder really oh I'll do that before my shudder subscription falls out then uh i'll try uh okay two more um i also watched hocus pocus 2 um yeah that that thing is uh shot in covid to fuck um just everything's green screen there's one sequence that seems to have more than five people in a scene um the kids in it are insanely unmemorable and the ending is so fucking low key that felt it just felt like they gave up like that was a mad anticlimactic ending mm. um yeah yeah uh, yeah hocus pocus 2 not good don uh, don massive fan of hocus pocus um and, and like bought a hocus pocus travel mug when we were in disney um what like was just like it did the job I think, you know, like that was about it. Just it was what it was. Uh, and, you know, and they tried to set up a third one. It's like, that's not going to fucking happen. No, it, it just hasn't been. It hasn't been well received enough. No, God, no, 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 no. Um, and uh, last one for me this week. Uh, Hideo, Hideo Nakata's Dark Water. Um so yeah, I haven't watched this film in a number of years. Watching it now as a parent, holy shit! Uh, oh god, uh, really? Just I, I, I mean, I'm sure you give zero fucks, Mark, but I was, um, yeah, uh, not having a great time through the third act of this film. Um, it surprises me that you went back and rewatched this. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten. I'd completely forgotten. Uh, but I bought it on iTunes ages ago. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the mood for a spooky film. And blah. it is really fucking spooky. Sorry? It is fucking spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, d- d- like the that last like 15, 15 minutes or so, where it's kind of like almost like the uh, the coda with the girl when she's growing up. It's just so sad. <laughs> it's so fucking sad. Um, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's just this air. Like the the first two acts is this mum just being driven mad by like genuine supernatural shit, but also having to deal with not looking like she's cracking up in society because she's trying to win custody of of her kid. And just that the sheer tension of it all is borderline unbearable at points for me. Um, and the dad is just such a shit. And then when the lawyer comes in and is like trying to sort everything out and you just think there's a ray of light and then bang, actually, no, spoiler, like serious spoiler of Dark Water. Actually, no, the only way to end this is if I basically say, OK, ghost girl, I'm your mum. Leave my daughter alone and you can have me just the like just the telling the daughter to like not get in the lift and then 
in that coda, it's like she doesn't remember, really remember anything from that time. She, she doesn't even remember the sacrifice the mum made. So the nice thing about the ending is at least she realises what her mum did for her. Like, seriously, man, Jesus Christ. It so heavy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, that's a it's, rough film. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it, it's the same guy who wrote um, Ring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Nakata like had a thing going there, and it's kind of weird how his his career went, where he, you know, he did the American Ring too, and he did that Aaron Taylor Johnson film Chat Room. Um, yeah, he did, didn't he? It's just such an odd career. Um, but Ring and it. Dark Water, dude. Yeah, the Pooters in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya um, was in it, wasn't he? Yeah, that, that's some up and covers. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. But yeah. Fucking hell, doesn't it? It's a fucking right. What is it? So in that, you've got Aaron Taylor Johnson, Poots is in it, um, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Hannah Murray, also of Skins, um, Tuppence Middleton, who. Uh, has been in things. Ophelia Love Bond. Uh, and Richard Madden was also in it as well. Fucking hell. That's mad. I bet lo- I yeah. bet loads of them were like, what, he directed Ring? You know, that scared the shit out of me when, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah, in that. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, wow, we. That's mad. Um, I might go, I might rewatch that sometime I'm next week. I'm kind of tempted to rewatch that as well. That's a cast, isn't it? That's a cast. <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but yeah, dark. Also, I will say, Dark Water. The copy on iTunes looks like hammered shit. I mean, the copy of a lot of these um, of lots of ex-Tartan films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do look fucking rough as fuck. I'm just like Arrow did a 4K restoration of Ring that they released theatrically a couple years back. They put out a box set of Ring, Ring Two, and Ring Zero. That 4K's got to be coming at some point. Like, get, 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 I want it. Gimme, gimme. You're putting out the grudge on 4K before you're putting out Ring on 4K. I get it. The grudge is new. Sorry? We've not come out on 4K yet. No, there's a four, it was a 4K restoration, and it looked great. I saw it in the cinema, and it looked really good. But no disc yet. Even though, you know, Arrow do their new announcements the last Friday of the month. We've got it coming this Friday. Who knows? They're too busy releasing The Wolf of Wall Street, which I also thank them for. Yeah, that is strange. Uh, any That's me. from yourself? Right, cool. I'll wait. Uh, oh, a couple that uh, I've watched this week. Um, since it inadvertently, um, not um, through any kind of like choice, I've a lot of solely been watching mostly horror uh, this month. Um, so I watched, uh, rewatched Idle Hands. Nice. Uh, which, uh, like, Bex wanted to rewatch because she's been listening to the Stephen King podcast um, and Devon Sower is, is, is on it. A bit, I think. I think he's guested on a few times. Um, 
and she said that he was he was talking about uh, Idle Hands and they saying that when he auditioned for the movie, um, it had nothing to do with a the whole movie wasn't based around a possessed hand. It was just that part of one of the bits was that his hand got briefly possessed. Um, and that was like the the um, the audition bit. And so he went way over the bar with it. And so the um, the writer directs then went and went, right, no, we like this too much. We need to fucking redo this all about the hand. <laughs> mm, Which geez. is mental but um <laughs> but yeah quite funny but it's it's just one of those really odd like th- this is never gonna get like like an arrow or anything like that but you could see it's cropped up on something like fucking shout factory or something like that <laughs> where it's a it, it, it's a, quite a little scene but a definite kind of like cult favorite with this again a really good cast as well with then sawyer seth green Eldon Henson, Jessica yeah. Alba, Vivica A. Fox being fucking terrible. <laughs> um, and a lot of other people you recognise. And Carl Glass is in there. Nice. Um, Tom DeLonge is in there. The band in the film uh, is The Offspring. <laughs> That's <laughs> the right. Band who's yeah. playing the school dance is The Offspring. Um, and I, ju- I, I just like the fact that it has things like... Um, like Seth Green um, and Eldon Henson's characters, um, the fact that they are, for all intents and purposes, like zombies, but it's not explained in a like supernatural way or anything like that. It is literally just so. How does say this character actually ask them? So how can you like? Why, why are you here? Like, oh, there was this big light, but it was like you know this staircase, but it just looked really high. So we just couldn't bother to go up it. <laughs> it's just. Fair enough. You're not even going to try and like come up with anything better. But that's kind of <laughs> all right with this movie. It kind of makes sense that that is this. And a, a role where you're looking at it for Jessica Albert where, yeah, she just she was... You, you'd think she'll look back at this and go, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I should have done that. <laughs> Fuck that. Should be proud. Yeah. I, it's it's a fun movie. It, it, it it's along the sort of same lines as things like Dude, Where's My Car, um, where it's just a silly kind of like last fucking screaming days of MTV kind of generation uh, films. I mean, this film's twenty three years old now, which is bonkers that this film is that old. <laughs> Um, yes, then, Any, anything from the 90s being 20-something years old is too much for me. Yeah, it, 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 it's 99, but it's just so like, oh, God. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, there's a, like, now there's people who were born in the 90s who are in their 30s, and it's freaking me out. <laughs> hmm. Um, right. Again, continuing from from Bex watching, listening to this um, Stephen King podcast. Um, I'm going to tangent slightly during this as well, but it's something that you you will, I think you'll be all right with my tangent in on this one. Hmm. So we rewatched Doctor Sleep, the yep. director's cut. 
right? Now, the director's cut is available on the iTunes Extras in 4K yes. and yep. in Dolby Atmos, right? Yep. However, if you're watching on the Apple TV app rather than on an Apple TV oh, no. box, you can't access iTunes Extras. Extras, yeah. Right? You can only access iTunes Extras on an Apple TV box. I have an Apple TV box, but I don't have the Apple 4K box because I have a 4K TV and I have the, the, the app as part of that. Yeah. So what I had to do, which isn't that much of a, a problem, is I had to play it on my iPad in 4K and stream it to my TV, um, which works pretty much perfectly. Um, so that's not a problem. I don't have an issue with doing that. But seriously, iTunes, if you want people to buy films and you're going to have iTunes extras, don't make it that they have to buy one of your boxes, which doesn't really do anything other than actually what a lot of smart TVs now do anyway. Just make your extras available on your app. Why aren't it's, they? It's one of those sneaky fucker things that they do, which uh, like it, it, it does annoy me because it is basically saying to people, look, if you want to get the most out of the 1399 or however much you're spending out of this purchase, then you also need to buy our box, mm. which is not a cool way of doing it. When, like you say, it's not like there's a technological hurdle there. It is just like when when I so on the, the Apple TV, all I do is swipe up and then it's just like an extras button. I press that. You could just as easily do that on on the the PlayStation app, just as easily. Yeah, or, or smart it's, TV app, whatever. Yeah, that's it. it. It should it should just be there, and there's no reasoning for it other than Apple just can't be bothered. I think. Yeah. Is it? Um, I mean, you could even if you've got where you get an actual other fucking movie, just have it where either of them are, are available. So you can choose either of them. Um, it didn't really be an iTunes extra. That's a little bit sneaky. But I did get to watch it in um, in 4K uh, and in Atmos, um, which uh, Atmos of that movie, yeah, it fucking makes Jacob Tremblay's screams just sound all that sweeter. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I, I Dot Sleep is great. It's a really um, rich, incredibly watchable um, horror movie, which is baffling. Um, but it does, it, it feels in that same way as um, as things like 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 the the It miniseries, where it, you're settling in and watch three hours of this kind of like mystery element um, to it and it's it's really ridiculously entertaining kind of from start to finish and the, the beauty of what Flanagan who I wish would just do more fucking movies and less TV things uh, right. what the beauty of what he does is he manages to very well make an adaptation of Doctor Sleep and at the same time make a sequel to The Shining which is a really smart way of doing it um 
the Omega's very good in it. Um, you've got Cliff Curtis um, in it as well, which is always brilliant. It's always nice seeing him in anything. Yeah. Um, but Rebecca Ferguson steals the entire movie um, by just being fucking great and really menacing and just but in a really like watchable you're almost rooting for a way until you remember no she's a terrible piece of shit in this yeah she is but oh yeah da, 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 da. There's, a, there's, yeah. there's a bit in it where towards the end we were watching it and me and bex watched this a couple of times because bex is a, is a big fan of it for a lot of obvious reasons um and it's the first time she gets in contact with or comes face to face um with Danny. And she's not known about Danny, but he's very much like, Where have you been? And he's, he's she's like basically saying to him, Look, me and you together, the stuff that we could do and the fun that we could have and the just the carnage we could create would be insane. And it, she kind of is basically saying, join me. Don't, we, we, like, ignore that little girl. Join me and we will have a whale of a time. Bex turned around and went, you wouldn't even need to think, would you? I was like, nope, <laughs> not fucking at all. I would literally be going, should we go and catch this bitch? <laughs> I, Doctor Sleep, is one of those it didn't do that well when it came out oh you're still there yes yeah it didn't do well when it came out and i'm still annoyed about that to this day um but it feels like a film that is it's on its way to becoming a class a cult classic already um it's incredible how that film manages to be a, a sequel to the film Shining while also like d- doing things in a way that obviously made Stephen King happy. Like, that's it. Should have been impossible. Yeah, well, Flanagan very much, um, he made the, he wrote, um, like the alternate ending and veered away from from the book with King's blessing, but a kind of at one point I kind of like discussed with King about the idea of um of actually doing it together, and King was very much like, no, this, this is, is your thing, yeah, you yeah. do this, yeah, um, and but then Flanagan was very much like, but I want I, I want to get your approval that what I've done is okay. Um, and right on cue, Becky's alright. Yeah, I've uh, literally just walked in the door, so I'm going to have to get myself sorted and take my coat off. But I'm currently listening to a commentary, a Flanagan commentary. All right. The, oh, the um, King Cast commentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Have you listened to it? Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really interesting. There's a bit in there that he says that when after he'd shown Stephen King, um. The final cut when he went through to Banger and showed it just him and Mike Flanagan sat next to each other in an empty movie theatre. Um, he went back to Stephen King's for lunch and we were sat chatting over pizza and Stephen King basically said, you've made me hate the Kubrick version less because of what you've done uh, in this. Fuck. 
Can you imagine that? Like, you'd just be like, king shit for the rest of the, the year, wouldn't you? If you yeah. Because he hates that movie. He hates oh, yeah. what they did to the character, so. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's, I remember the thing about it when it's asking Mike Flanagan about it, because it's that, I think it's the last film he'd made. Mm. Um, and they were basically saying some lot, did the, the fact that Dot Sleep didn't make any money, did that, um, did that kind of bruise you against making films? And he's like, the film made money. Mm. He's, and they're like, oh, we, he didn't do well in the box office. He went, yeah, no, that's fine. So then we expect it to do better. We hoped it to do better. It didn't. So, but trust me, one of us were, were fine with what <laughs> with that movie mm. from, the, from what it made. They knew it was never going to make 200 million. And the thing is, it's it, I've said it before, it's, it is such an achievement in that it manages to be a really good, faithful adaptation and a sequel to a film that's a good film but a shit adaptation of the book yeah the fact that it manages to do both those things is you know a hell of an achievement so pearl is the second in the um extraordinary trilogy i don't know what the fuck you call it um but it's the film that we didn't know was happening until it was happening and now there's another film happening after this film yeah um so written by Ty West and Mia Goth, um, and directed by Ty West, and is the origin story of the character Pearl from the movie X. Um, the IMDb says backstory on how Pearl became the person she was. Yep, <laughs> that's that's kind of it. <laughs> no, it is pretty accurate. It, it, it is pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, Becky. I think you enjoyed X the most out of us and were, most, were more looking forward to Pearl than me and Ian, who I think both said, just why about it? Mm. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, but what did you think of it? I think why is a very good question. Um, it is a standalone film. It, it, it's perfectly entertaining. I enjoyed it more than X. I thought it was a better film than X. Um, with the exception of one scene in particular, which was just fucking stupid. Um, in this or in X? In this. Which scene? The very fucking last one of the credits. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? It's fucking pointless. It's not. <laughs> no, it, no, it's not up to a point. Because like the range of emotion she's shown it's quite like oh, okay yeah all right if you just look at her eyes she's basically crying if you look at her mouth she's smiling that's quite clever blah blah blah. but then it just goes on far too fucking long i didn't mind that of course you didn't um fucking ruled but as a prequel to x i don't i, I didn't watch x and go gosh how she became the way she is but yeah i, I, I it, do you know what? You could say why about a lot of films, couldn't you? The yeah. Films are made because they're, they're made, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. She she does a very good job with the character of Pearl. Um, she a lack of eyebrows still fucking freaks me out, but she's she's very good as Pearl, and all the supporting cast are really good as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Ian, 
What did you think of Pearl? As Mark said, watch the X, lights X, seven out of ten, solid. Trailer for this. Uh, yeah, whatever. This was playing in the US while I was over there. And uh if if it weren't for the hurricane, I it probably would have I I probably would have seen it. Um really, really, really wish I did. Um I fucking loved Pearl. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I think more for the kind like, well, no, I, I say as much for the tongue, like tongue in cheek kind of like, what the fuck's gonna happen now kind of aspect of it as much <laughs> as like the like the strength of Mia Goff's performance. I think Mia Goff is really really good in this, and I really I want to watch X again now having watched this. I will I will say that. Um, There's but, a real sense of dread throughout this film. I think it it, it really like upends you. But like it's yeah, comfortable to watch because you're like. Oh. What the fuck is she? <laughs> but this this is the thing. Right, so this is the thing. And it's so weird because usually I'm the one who's uncomfortable. But through it, I was just like, what the fuck's she going to do next? <laughs> like, what's going <laughs> to happen now? I, I like, I, I, it was just like right from the off when she was like, hello, Mr. Goose. <laughs> just fucking kills me. <laughs> right, right, okay. Anything can happen in this film. And I think that's what it was. There was a there was a kind of a slight like intense manic energy about it, which I weirdly vibed with. Um, and it, it was a you know, every, it was almost like every single character she was going to meet at some point she was going to kill, and it was kind of like waiting for the like what 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 is going to be the thing that sets her off. And the thing that finished that off for me. Was after that monologue that she does, which is great, and Mirkoff is so good in this. And, and then, as well. Yeah, hell yeah! I mean, inc- incredible. I mean, it's it's great, great. I mean, is it Rebecca Hall in Resurrection? No, um, but it's bloody close. But also huge predilection towards Rebecca Hall. Um, so um, yes, um, but like her friend's reaction, and then she's just like. But you got it, didn't you? Oh, you have. I hope you have fun. But a friend's like, no, I didn't. Don't you lie to me? Yes, you did. Oh yeah, I did. And then when she's just like, you blonde girls always get it. And then it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, oh wow. You can't like literally every anything, any way that you react to this woman in any way, she will take us. <laughs> I need to murder you. And it was just, <laughs> like, I, it was, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was weirdly very, very, very entertained by Pearl, but also the 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 kind of like the tragedy of it, the the, the whole kind of like she's mentally ill, but mental illness is just not a thing there at all so it it, it just it, it's all undiagnosed but she knows there's something wrong with her I, I think that's I, the saddest bit about it, it, like, and it she don't want to be like that it is so the i don't know it just it does this fine line in that being sad but also but god 
damn am I looking forward to seeing what she does next I don't know it was real good gore in this as well isn't there oh oh yeah 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 absolutely and it just like when her friend like drops her off at her house and that pig with the maggots is there she's like (laughs) and it just is I like seriously like maybe biggest surprise of the year for me so far just how much I enjoyed it like I would happily watch this again soon and I am stunned (laughs) by that I was very entertained but the moments where you are supposed to be like fucking hell I also vibed with like Ty West and Mia Goth have walked a tightrope here and just sorry and I know I'm monologuing but the sheer kind of like the way it's almost like kind of like technicolor and like the colors are really vivid and it's all like it all it's going for like a wizard of oz vibe isn't it yeah 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 Yeah. it's very much you you can tell though it's made by somebody who who is a film fan and understands yep cinema because they've yep. gone, no, I need to make this, and, and it needs to flow in a certain way. This, like you said, Apex, it needs to be a bit Wizard of Ozzy. It needs to be like those, like the first technical of films. Yeah. It needs to feel like that. It needs to feel like almost this weird, like jolly, almost jaunty fucking film, but just centered around somebody who has a severe mental problem mm. that makes her do mad shit. At like, a time where mental health was just not oh yeah. not the thing that was discussed. Yeah, like, mm. like like murdering farm animals to give to her pet crocodile and fucking yeah, It's just the way she calls it Mr. Goose. It's like, hello, Mr. Goose. And then she kills it and it just comes up with that title, Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> It's a film having a lot of fun with itself. When it, oh when it cuts back to um, in Mitzi mm. after the monologue and her face is just like this frozen smile and her <laughs> eyes are just shifting around like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, interestingly, something's made me just not hate the bit over the end credits as much. What? So on the trivia, Pearl's deranged smile that carries on through the end credits was unplanned, with Ty West refusing to call cut and letting the emotions play out. Mia Goth's smile becomes more strained, a tear falls down her face, and she even does an impatient head shake as she waits for him to call cut. <laughs> he just fucking pranks her, basically. But, I mean, but a little bit, yeah. It rules. Like, and the fact, like, can you imagine what the husband's, I, I just, I kind of wanted it to just fade to black and then just have the husband just staring at her or something, but, uh, what a fucking picture, sorry. It is, no, I, 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 I enjoyed my time with it, it is, it has made me want to go back to X, mm. and I'm now kind of looking forward to... Maxine, Maxine, like whenever that's yeah. coming out, that's one of my most anticipated of the year. Like if it's, <laughs> it's like straight up, like I mean, let's they've go. not started shooting it yet, so that's going to be a next year one, I think. March twenty two, currently working on the script, so I can't see that it'll be much further along, really. Um, but apparently it, it's it's set in nineteen eighty five after the events of X. And I mean, like, it's yeah. just like if it if it's gonna if it's almost gonna be like mirroring it, and this is gonna be Maxine like trying to be a star, but in the eighties, like, yeah, I, it, but I it just 
let's yeah man like i'm fully i need to watch x again soon sorry i just i fucking i love this film Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not shit on it. I think it's great. I've barely yeah. said anything on it because I've been fucking motor mouthing. Like, the thing is, there is, I, I just agree with what both you two have said. It, it's just <laughs> a, this really like oddly like intense but really quite watchable oddity of a movie mm. um, that that has a great central performance that is, like you said, Ian, it's just played just right. At points, it, it threatens to veer over to, this is just a bit silly now. Yeah. But it just manages to rein it in every time. The yeah. a, a really clever thing of, uh, of going, right, we're going to set it in 1918. Because we've, we've not given an age for how old Pearl is in... In the uh, in X, so we're going to set it across the backdrop of the influenza um, pandemic. Mm. So when we need to have a lot of people around, we can have oh, the masks. Yeah. yeah, that was really pleasant. It's just a really like, do you know what? Well played there, guys. That's just a smart thing to do. Mm. It because yeah. I mean, the, the this film came about by the, them being locked down after arriving in um, either Australia or New Zealand, apologies, I can't remember which, prior to shooting X. And Ty West and Mia Goff just spent that time just writing this. And that, that it just, for that to be a creative outlet and to just go to A24 and say, right, actually, we've got this as well if you give us some extra money. And then they just went ahead and did it. And it, it, it's just formed this mad trilogy that just would not have happened if if not for covid and like i'm obviously i i would prefer that covid didn't happen against this this film existing but like just that sheer being creative and managing to get something out of it and and enjoying it so much i'm i'm almost glad that they were forced to do it it, it, you know, I'm not 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 I'm not glad that they were, and I'm not glad for COVID. I, sorry, I'm kind of losing my point slightly there, but just it, it's so it's so cool that they spent a couple of weeks writing this, and it but it, it it's not like it feels like some a rush job, like it it feels like there's real intent and purpose behind it and and craft behind this, um and like you said, Mark, like Ty West, like he's always like known what he what he's been doing with films and the things but it feels like he's been reinvigorated with this because you know he's a filmmaker who really like burst out the gates there you know like um, he, he had a he had a he's so hot right now 18 months with house of the devil um cabin fever 2 which people really liked um and the innkeepers and then the sacrament didn't do that well i remember quite enjoying the sacrament but it didn't do that well um and in the valley of violence kind of came and went without anyone really blinking mm. even again i i quite like that as well um but then you didn't make anything for six years yeah 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 you know and it uh, uh, yeah I, I mean it just it's a very good film and he's he's a nice guy um 
and I, I'm glad that he's, you know, he's he's back, and obviously, like I say, reinvigorated in this partnership that he's got with Mia Goff. Let's 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 keep it going. You know, like uh, people were saying, like, oh, she should be considered for awards consideration and whatnot for Pearl, which, you know, being real is never going to happen because of the film that yeah. Pearl is. But at at the same time, she is very, very, very good in this. And if she was uh, applying this to something that would be more academy friendly, I think she'd go far. It's uh, yeah, it, it just good on him. Good on him. It's a wild film, but it's got things to say. Great score as well. Great score. Yes, very good score. And Mia Goff next cropping up in Infinity Pool, the new Brandon Cronenberg film. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, cool. Great. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's got a baby with Shia LaBeouf now, isn't she? And like he's... um True, I think. Yeah, there, there you go. And like he is he, hopefully pulling round from... You know, a little bit. He, he, he's, he's putting all of his mania into being a bit of a religion nut. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Fair. Wow, I, I, Mia Goth's full name is Mia Gypsy Mellow de Silva Goth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she comes from quite good stock, doesn't she? Nice. Quite good arty stock. Uh, yeah, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit uh, for me. Definitely not shit will have to consider whether it's in my surprises or in my 10. Nice. I think nice. it maybe, maybe misses my 10, but that's only because it's a really, really, really Strong good year. year. Uh, last year, last year or the year before, dude, fucking hell, it would have been right up there. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> audience poll, definitely shit 71% and shit 29%. I think that's Fuck bad. you. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, right. <laughs> questions. Well, I put out our question. Uh, our question for you this week, guys, with who are Sorry, some. Can I just interrupt for one second? What? I'm just looking at pictures of Shia LaBeouf and Mia Goth, and I just really love how normal they look together. You don't really see Shia LaBeouf looking normal very often, do you? I mean, in one of those, he's wearing. I mean, he's clearly just been to the gym, Mark. Yeah. And I know lots wear yoga pants too. Um, Rick Kidd, uh, pretty much the entire ensemble of Dazed and Confused. So the question is, um, it was some of the greatest stoners. <laughs> uh, um, Bob, I watched it recently at Marty and Cabin in the Woods. Um, the Beach Bum from Orange Warrior. That, I still haven't watched The Beach Bum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kane from uh, Children of Men, uh, says Graham Fraser. Um, who the fuck is that? Oh, it's what's it from? Oh, shit. What's Richard Linklater movie? <laughs> Dazed and Confused? No. The spiritual sequel did to it. Oh, everybody wants some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Right. What are your what are your guys want? Favorite stoners? Jay. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really like I didn't even think of that, and it's a really good one actually. Uh, I mean, Spicoli has to be up there. Spicoli, Adrian Brody in high school. 
Brody in high school is a strong oh, wow. left field shout there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good one, that one, yeah. Oh, An odd movie where literally part of it has become something that like a part of our general day-to-day life that's what it affects. <laughs> whenever one of us says what to the other it gets replied with what what <laughs> for, like a, for like a good three or four round what e- even if it's during a really serious situation <laughs> we'll still we do it we could be like having an argument or something and we'll still fucking do it won't we? yeah, yeah to the point of now where isabel does it as well she does yeah <laughs> from, from, from a movie called high school <laughs> Yeah, which I don't think she's seen. No, I don't think she's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good shout, that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, right, we have some questions. We have some questions. Rick Kidd, seen the theatre production of My Neighbour Totoro tonight. Uh, what animation would you like to see a theatre production of? My Neighbour Totoro? Yeah, a different one, Rebecca. No, I want to go see that. Get me tickets now. It's it, it's oh. in London for like the next couple of months. I am very jelly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my answer is sausage party. <laughs> Bex. Can I, I'm not allowed my neighbour to right now. No. I'm gonna take paprika. No, I was going to say Paprika, but then I, I thought oh. you'd tell me off because it would be too big a production and it wouldn't work. No, it'd be fucking mental, wouldn't it? Well, no, then, well, that's my answer. All right, fine. Um, Rutsukadochi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, sorry, I just twigged what that was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the film that killed the patron review. <laughs> The thing is, I am kind of glad you never watched that, because I just don't think... I think you'd have hated everything. Oh, I watched the first 25 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't even get to, like, the grim bits. (laughs) I was keen for rewatching that. It's a good film. We we will rewatch it at some point. It is just three hours of a lot. A lot, yeah. A lot of stimulants. Um, <laughs> Andrew Jones, uh, in Pearl, Pearl is given a frame from a film to cherish. What frame of film would you most like to have? The frame in Fight Club where it's that frame of the erect dick that they splice in <laughs> right at the end of Fight Club. <laughs> nice. that, that was actually the <laughs> Rick, was it really? Yeah, it really was going to be, yeah. Oh, shit, sorry. sorry. I, 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 no, I've got a different one. Not the frame from Fight Club where Brad Pitt's just looking real fucking hot and buff. No. Okay. Um, probably one of the cityscape frames from Blade Runner. Possibly the one with the Japanese lady. Nice. My my serious answer, which I feel bad about now because I actually took what I think was Mark's genuine answer, would be... um, uh, towards the end of sunshine where kappa is like right there with the sun and it's uh kappa in the foreground and the sun in the background and it's like the kappa is like the shadow on the sun oh nice i i have i have a serious answer and a serious answer okay so my serious answer is the shot of um rambo as he is looking out of the police station window when Troutman's saying to him, look at all this that you've created. And there's that look of where he's looking out 
and it's at that moment where he can't quite he's almost sizing everything up of right how do I get out of here mm. and it and the thing is he's worked out a way to get out of it and that's what clicks Troutman of no shit he's worked out a way to get out of here which means he's <laughs> going to kill a lot of people yeah and then try saying you can't you can't get away and Troutman doesn't believe that yeah Troutman knows shit he can get away and so he knows I have to stop him now otherwise this just gets worse uh, so it'd be that and my other still serious answer Jamie Dorn on the pommel horse that would be a good one <laughs> yeah 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 fair enough yep see those necklaces and things that you can get like what, Jamie Dorn on the pommel horse no no but you can get um, ones where they've got like a t- tiny little pendant with this like a glass bit in it and you look into it and you can put any picture inside I might get you one of them with that picture <laughs> Dylan Black Lanterns. Um, I am due my first dental appointment today in about six years. With that in mind, what are some of the most discom- discomforting or difficult to watch torture scenes in cinema? Audition. Siriana. Oh, he's pulling off his fingernails. What? Don't like fingernail trauma in this. No. Place, Nail trauma is is high up there on the what what. <laughs> Hmm. Audition would have probably been my go. I don't know. I can't think of any. You could say basically anything in like the first couple of Hellraiser films, even though like the the whether it's torture or pleasure, (laughs) seedy bastard. You know, like but any any of that shit. Nah, mate, you're all right. Yeah, I'm all right today. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Ian, what are we covering next week? Oh shit! What are we covering next week? Sorry, that's not the reaction, <laughs> is it? Uh, sorry. Uh, that's a genuine. I, that, usually, I kind so, of know the answer. Actually, I don't. This I, th- week. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a bang a week, right? So, um, we have got Ruben Oslin's oh. Palm Door winning Triangle of Sadness. Ooh, is that out this week? It's out this week. It's playing wider than Decision to Leave. Um, also, Decision to Leave. Also, Henry Selick's Wendell and Wild is on Netflix this week. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Isn't and, it? Uh, yeah. Is it what's is on it? this week as well? Um, Depends what what's it the is. Paul Feagle. Oh, uh, that that was last week, but it's two That's and it. a half hours long, Mark. Oh, what did that? And apparently, it's shit. Yeah, which kind of upsets me a little bit because, you know, Paul Feig. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the thing. I would, yes, I'd like to watch a new Paul Feig film. What? It's been reviewed poorly, and it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, if it was two hours long, I'd go for it. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Good week next week, then. I've got an actual answer to the torture one. Oh, well. Misery. There. Is that torture or is that yeah, weird she, well, abuse? No, she's punishing him, isn't she? She's torturing pretty, him. For, yeah. Pretty torturey. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking grim in that movie. Where his fucking ankle goes all 
Blog away. Oh, Barbarian. Oh, Barbarian. Yes, of course. It's a bang of the week next week, actually. It's a very, very yeah. good week. What that may what that may mean, though, is uh, if there's one that we don't all get to, like, let, let's let not feel bad about pushing it to the week after. Yeah. Because bros as well. Fuck's sake. Is that bros out as well? Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. It. it will be, what, three of those five? Yes. I would say so. Is is probably fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Matt. And thank you very much, Ian. Pearl. <laughs> and thank you very much, listeners. We shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Pearl. <laughs> <laughs>